This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors, filmmakers, and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Ferminger, and today I am delighted to welcome the luminous, the beloved, the shiny, Jewel State, back, back to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Jewel previously appeared on the pod to preview Family Law, the global series in which she stars as Abigail, a disgraced lawyer who winds up working for her estranged, charismatic, kind of dysfunctional father, totally dysfunctional father, played by Victor Garber. It was a short-ish interview, as junket interviews generally are, but it was lovely, and I left the conversation more compelled and curious than before about Jewel, her craft, her characters, and what exactly it is that makes her tick. Because Jewel contains multitudes, as anyone who knows her work or follows her on Twitter is keenly aware. She is many people. She's the actress behind a veritable parade. Oh my God, that would be such a parade if it was an actual parade of nuanced and dynamic characters, including the aforementioned Abby, the kind-hearted mechanic Kaylee on Firefly and Serenity, the brilliant and insecure Dr. Jennifer Keller on Stargate Atlantis, the magical sadistic twins on The Order, and an overprotective AI nanny in the Spear Sisters Crazy 8 short Cece. She's a fan favorite... And, as we've heard numerous times on this podcast, a caring and welcoming number one on the call sheet. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's a friend. She's a human woman. And if you do follow her on Twitter, you know that she's funny. Really, really funny. Or at least her kid is really, really funny and could be on staff in any comedy writer's room. And she doesn't suffer trolls. She'll call out the absurdity of the unrealistic beauty expectations placed on women or the absurdity that people expect her to look exactly the same as she did when she was on Firefly, a series that premiered in September 2002. What did you look like in 2002? I don't think you look the same today. But today, actual today, we are going to give Jewel the signature YVR Screen Scene Podcast actor origin story treatment. Let's find out how she got here, what she cares about, and what she wants people to know about the human woman behind the dynamic characters and the entertaining Twitter feed. Jewel, Jewel State, hi. Hi. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thanks. That was just the most amazing intro ever, and I want to bottle it up and pour it all over myself on a bad day. (laughs) Well, that, I mean, that was going to be my first question then, because um, I like to hear about what people think of my work. No, but really, but the <laughs> response to the thesis statement, I mean, that's all true. Like, there were no, there was no lies 
half-truths, myths, truths, you know? Like, you see, do you recognize yourself in how I described you? Um, I, I mean, I think that was a very flattering uh, way of describing me. Aww. That was all the, the best parts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, um, I've, I've been around for a long time, <laughs> I guess. That's sort of what it spells out to me. How long have I been doing this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially because time has just slowed down in yes. the last couple of years, right? Yes. Sped up in some ways, especially when you're a parent, but also slowed down. Yes, completely. Yeah. yeah. Th- I mean, that kind of leads to my, my next question, which is how are you? How are you doing? How's your pandemic going? <laughs> it's uh, it's going. I mean, it, it's it's had its good moments and bad moments. It's had a lot of teachable moments. Mm. Um, to be still and to appreciate and to figure out ways to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've figured that out somewhat. Um, but you know, I I'm a pretty social person, so for me, I think more than anything, it's just really spelled out how much I need that in yeah. my life. I think and, a lot of us do. Yeah, like I think human beings, we are relational we are not really really meant to be alone all the time or in little pods all the time right or right. little pod of people yes you know it's so uh, this has been just so unnatural so this expectation that we should be feeling normal and acting normal it's not normal none of this is normal no not absolutely at all absolutely none of it yeah. and and then you sort of sit back and trip out cuz you go Will it ever be normal? <laughs> or oh. is this the new oh. normal? I don't know. You know, I, I, I do that sometimes. Yeah, like, I do that hmm. mostly at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then I'm like wide awake. I mean, this yeah. is why I don't sleep. Exactly. It's so Anymore. Fun. So what are some of you, have been, if you don't mind sharing, like some of your uh, your strategies for dealing with, with stress then and the abnormality of this pandemic age? Well, the... The number one thing that I have found to be very, very helpful is walks in the woods. Mm. And I, I am not a, a woods walker, okay? By, I'm just not. I mean, you take one look at me and you go, really? Um, but I, 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 you I, could I, see that in my eyes, right? I know. I'm like, uh-huh. Everyone looks at me like that and goes, really, you? Yeah, bought myself a pair of one stones. Oh, and, that's um, serious. It was, it, I took it seriously. It was mostly a way to get my kid out of the house. So mm-hmm. when everything first happened and schools were shut down and I wasn't working and we were stuck at home, my husband works from home. So he was trying to maintain, you know, his working hours and mm-hmm. virtual meetings and all of that. So I had to do something with this, you know, at the time, four-year-old child. Oh, it was hard, man. So it was hard. Young. Yeah, and I we bet. only have the one kid. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're a source of entertainment for him anyway on a day-to-day basis like I you know I say I'm his his own personal circus clown because he's like entertain me mommy and I'm <laughs> that's like, why you tweet out what he says right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like as payment as I'm like, <laughs> like he owes you he, so you have to put out he what does. he says he does yeah. owe me. um but yeah so I I sort of thought we've got to get into a routine yeah or we're gonna go insane so it became me googling forest trails um it didn't matter how far away they were but every day we would pick a different trail and we would rain or shine, get outside. And a lot of the time I was met with, I don't want to go. Mm. It's raining and I, I don't want to leave. And I would say, no matter what, we have to go. And as soon as we were there and as soon as we were walking, we would have great conversations. Mm. I would feel more calm. He would get his exercise. So it just became this thing that no matter what, we would get out and we would do that every day. And yeah. and I still do it because, you know, a friend of mine um, 
is a lot more holistic than me, uh, said it's it's a real thing, you know, this this tree healing, this forest healing thing that, that can happen to you yeah. when you take the time to go out into nature and, and let it um, heal you and kind of absorb what it does. And I, I find it incredibly helpful and I recommend it all the time now to people. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if this is just because of the the sci-fi person in me. Um, but as you were talking about uh, walking in the trees and they're absorbing, I'm like, I wonder if trees like are holding our angry energy of this age. Maybe. You know, one day they're just going to shoot it out. You're very kind to say maybe as if that was like a real like grown-up <laughs> thing that I, oh, <laughs> that no, I just said. I think about that. I, you know, when I'm walking on the trails and thinking the trees are like, man, this poor mommy. This mommy <laughs> is so tired today. <laughs> so stressed out. Yeah. You know, who knows? But uh, all I know is it, it really does make you feel better. Yeah. I think you are a woods walker. I, I, I am think now. you actually might be able to call yourself I, that. Oh I mean, God, with the Blundstones, that's yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, w- I mean, we have we have joked about, or I've joked about, um, your your child's sense of humor a few times. Oh Never met this little person, so but insane. but uh, you do tweet out a lot of what he says, and he's a genius. I mean, he, you've got to get him yes. into the family law uh, writers room because um, I could see him and Sonia Bennett like really developing you know some some great uh, scenarios and stuff but They'd actually get along really well yeah, yeah. oh they would. oh I would yeah I would imagine or I mean she's also written on letter Kenny I could see her on I could see his his work on letter Kenny yeah six-year-old right he just turned six yeah yes. um but you know you you do seem to be this is no judgment at all, but you do seem to be very active on Twitter. And I notice this because I'm very active on Twitter. And that's how I feel like I, I know a lot about, you know, what's going on uh, in in what you share with the world. How how do you see Twitter? How do you use it? Do you think it is bad? That it's good? You know, like I because I, I have a very strange relationship with it personally. Mm-hmm. It's bad for my mental health, but I also so? use it to speak out about mental health issues and and I've built a community there and then people scare me there you know so it's like all of these these various things what is it for you well I I am a strong believer in that you can curate social media to be what is healthy for you Mm. you don't have to follow the people that make you feel bad about yourself Mm. you don't have to do that it's 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 your choice so I have curated it in a way where I don't get as much of the negative vibes as I did when I first started um, being active on Twitter yeah and I'm a real fast blocker I love that block button you know people are like just use the mute button and then they're shouting into the void and I'm like no that's not good enough for me yeah (laughs) I don't want them knowing anything about me so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take full advantage of that button Um, big fan of it and and now I feel like I have curated this really awesome, supportive group of people who make me laugh. Yeah. I mean, the replies to some of the things I tweet sometimes make my day. Mm-hmm. People are funny. <laughs> and, you know, people uh, share their own experiences. So it just becomes this collaborative, comforting kind of place. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy it. I really love it. And it's not to say that I don't need my break sometimes. 
there are definitely times where, you know, I become more introverted and don't feel like sharing as much, but that usually goes away pretty quickly. I yeah. find comfort in sharing. I do. Yeah. I, I um, also appreciate other people in the public eye who do a lot of sharing and let you see the real person under there. Yes. I like that. And, yeah. and you know, so I choose to do that in the hopes that it, it, reminds people that I am very human and make all kinds of mistakes and have my own struggles. I did describe you as a human woman. I am uh, so human. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, not to put you on the spot, except completely put you on the spot, who are some good Twitter follows? Oh, gosh. I follow a lot of comedians. Yeah. I do. I mean, I I don't I don't know them offhand on the top of my head, but I could, I could create a beautiful list for you oh. of people that are so much fun to follow and make okay. my day. Okay, so you're going to curate that list. I can. And then our listeners will go to the yvrscreenscene.com webpage for this episode and find a link to the list. 100%. And, and I can uh, do that for Instagram too because Instagram yeah. is is my my one, it's it's probably my number one joy on the really? social media. I, yeah, yeah. What is you it could, about Insta? I, I've just, I've managed to find these ridiculous meme accounts that you know mm. friends of mine have passed on to me and it just it makes me laugh and yeah. it makes me feel better yeah <laughs> you know it, it it's just curated to be a happy place for me you remind me I don't know if you know Nicole Oliver or not uh, actress I about town uh, she's the voice of Princess Celestia on My Little Pony French's Biz Magic I think she did um, an episode of Stargate Atlantis back in the day she did the Oh, I, I don't know about Stargate Atlantis. I know she did Stargate. Okay. Um, she was I'm in the sure very was... first episode of Stargate. Um, okay. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if, she, if she did. Um, but she's been on the podcast a few times, and uh, she is just so good about um, self-care mm-hmm. and, like, making it a priority. Like, and the, the way you're speaking about, like, I'm, I'm a woods walker and I have the boots and I and I talk to the trees and I and I like I I know what to do on social media like do you it seems like you do that as well is that is that how you see yourself I'm a big big fan of self-care yeah and and this has all been learned you know I through trial and error throughout the years um and and it takes a long time to figure out and there were lots of times in my life where I was not practicing enough self-care or self-love so, Ugh. so to to learn how to love yourself um, with all of your flaws and 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 shortcomings, yeah. is incredibly healing. Hmm. And and I can't stress enough that life is so short, and there's just really no point in in placing worry on things that you can't help. And and yeah. you know that's a big part of self love. We don't talk enough about. Or I don't talk enough about self-love. Even mm. on the podcast, we talk a lot about self-care, and we talk about going after your bliss. But as mm-hmm. far as, like, sitting here and loving – I didn't know we were going to talk about this today. <laughs> but, like, sitting there and actually, like, loving yourself. It's important. And, yeah, and cherishing yourself like mm-hmm. that. Like, I I don't know why that even makes me feel uncomfortable to think about. Well, I want it for other people. But for myself, it's – like, I wouldn't even know how to start doing that. Well, because when you start accepting yourself – for exactly who you are, mm. it it helps you shine even more, right? Yeah. It's like when you do that for someone else, when you accept them for all of their flaws, that person that you love so much in your life, you give them the freedom to be even more of themselves and they, they, they blossom and they flourish. And the same can be said for yourself when Ooh. you apply that same kind of energy to yourself, right? I, I yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess so. I don't know. I'm going to 
Give I'm going to put go. that on the to-do list. for. I mean, I got to, my to-do list is super long right now. Maybe I'll put that somewhere on there. Give her a go. On Give her there. a shot. Um, man, I have so much I want to talk. I'm just like, sorry, I'm scrolling through my questions right now because I don't even... I'm going to leave it with you, with you. What do you where do you want to go? Do you want to do you want to go and back in time and talk about you as a child? Do you want to talk about family law? Do you want to talk about Kaylee? I like, can do whatever you want. We can man. start from the top if you want. Okay, I well mean, then let's then let's do that. Sure. Let's do that. Um let's go back in time. Okay. I have an 11 year old. You have a four-year-old. Six-year-old now. Yes. Sorry, yes, Six. six-year-old. Yes. Sorry, I mean, I got Thank stuck God. on the March 2020 <laughs> thing. Listen, I've been stuck in March 2020. <laughs> I, yeah, I have flashbacks also. <laughs> okay, so six and 11. Um, paint me a picture of yourself at each one of Ooh, those ages. Good question. Um, six was uh, right right around the time I started working in the film industry. I'm glad you said in the film industry, not yeah. like uh, <laughs> in the Safeway. salmon factory. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, in the cannery, my parents' shoe factory. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was um, all about play and make believe. Mm. Um, my parents were very loving. My mother was rather strict, mm. but very loving and. Um, she was kind of the force between me um, and the, you know, booking work at such a young age. But she was very supportive and very fair and and taught me all of the right things. Yeah. And that, you know, you treat uh, everybody the same on a film set just because you're in front of the camera doesn't mean you're any more special than anyone else behind the camera. Be wow. on time. Know each person's name. Read your timesheets. <laughs> she taught me that one. You make sure you read that timesheet. Yeah. Um, uh, at so, six years old. Well, at six, it was sort of, yeah. I mean, it was just teaching me a work ethic and That's teaching me that it was a job. Laying the foundation. Which is pretty crazy. A, yeah. I mean, now that I have a six-year-old, that's... That's pretty intense, and I don't. I'm not sure if if he'd be into that anyway. But for me, I was a pretty obedient kid, so yeah. I liked that. I I liked, um, and maybe to a fault, you know, was a bit of a people pleaser, and still have that in me, a little yeah. bit. Some of my cast members on Family Law are always telling me, "Don't be such a people pleaser. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> to ask for what you need." I'm like, "Is it?" Um, oh, that's but yeah, hard as women, though. It's as tough. well, oh, God, that's like a that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then eleven. I mean, I was I was doing a lot of movie of the weeks. So I was sort of um, I was this kid who could cry on cue. <laughs> so my um, my agent sent me out for a lot of commercial auditions, and I just wouldn't book. I couldn't book a commercial audition unless it was for something deadly serious. You know, yeah, not a lot of crying in commercials. No, no, and you know, a lot of the auditions are improv, so they yeah. get you in the room with the toy, right? That they're trying to advertise with the other kids for auditioning, and let's just watch you play with the toy. And they were like, "My doll does this," and you know, "My doll is going shopping," and I'm like, "My doll has an incurable <laughs> disease." Like I just like I thought. I mean, I went for it. I was like, "This is a drama, right?" And they were like, "No, this is a Hasbro commercial, you little weirdo." Um, so I just instead. Dad would book these MOWs, yeah. playing the daughter of insert, you know, celebrity here, and I loved it. I yeah. thought it was a lot of fun. Can you insert I, some of the celebrities? Who John Ritter, Henry Winkler. Um, oh my God, Laura Dern, Patty Duke. Yeah, lots. Whoa, and it was fun for me because I got to sit back and watch these veterans go at it and and learn a lot. Right? So what did you Absorb. learn then? What were you learning watching? You know, the Fonz or Jack Tripper. 
mean, I would, you know, learn little tricks and things like that and how to become emotional and all that stuff. But like more than more than anything, I, I learned how to treat people because I'm I'm lucky in that mm. most of the people that I've worked with, most of the, the stars, the celebs have been so kind yeah. and um, you really, you know, you you see what it does to people when they treat them with kindness and respect. Like Henry Winkler, um, uh, my my mother was on set with me at the time because I was so young, and she would tell them about her family and about her other daughters and their husbands. And a couple of them came by set to visit weeks later, and he remembered everybody's name. Wow, you know, and and I'll never forget that. And I I had a birthday. I turned eleven. I turned eleven on set, and Henry had been wrapped early in the day, and he stayed until lunch because he knew they were bringing out a cake for me. And he he got me this beautiful little bear and a little card that I still have, Aww. and it said, "Jay, I love you and your spirit," and I kept it. <laughs> he was just such <sighs> a kind person. So you absorb that, right? Yeah. And you go, oh, that's interesting what kind of effect that has on a person when you treat them that way. Yeah, birth. kindness begets, uh, to get biblical on everybody, but kindness begets kindness, right? Totally. You're kind to somebody. I mean, imagine if we were all kind to each other. That's the most naive thing I've ever said. But, but it's also really true, right? Yes. You know? Like, and, you know, I was thinking about that recently because Bob Saget just passed. Ugh. And and uh, so many people are coming out in droves saying um, he was so kind. Yeah. Right? That's one of the first things that people say about him. He was so kind. What an amazing thing to leave people with. Yeah. Right? That should be the thing. That should be the thing that we all aspire to every day is is leaving people with that impression. Yeah. Um, I told you before we started to record that I have a surprise for you. Oh, I love surprises. So, and this this actually, um, this ties I was gonna I was gonna introduce it in the family law section okay uh, but it also uh, ties into what we've been talking about and it's about two minutes long so I'm gonna give the floor to this person okay. um, who who talks about uh, you as a a number one. Oh boy you know and how you as the number <laughs> one now uh, how you make people feel okay I think we all have a little bit of anxiety on uh, the first day on a new show. I think that's completely normal and understandable because you're going into an environment that you're not familiar with and um, a cast that you might not know, a crew you might not have worked with before. But um, at the end of the day, it, it really, it's up to the lead to set the tone of the show. Uh, I've been on sets where, you know, there hasn't been a, great amount of camaraderie shall we say and uh it shows it shows in the performance it shows in the atmosphere and i've been in other sets where it's just been great and you can't wait to get back and uh, that's all down to the lead you know they it comes from the top and jewel certainly understands that she has uh an innate ability to make people feel welcomed she's been doing this for a long time she she loves the business, but she understands, you know, the downfalls of it and sometimes uh, not being inclusive. So I think she made a really strong effort uh, on Family Law to make people feel welcome. And it really shows. It's a great set to be on. 
Uh, and again, that starts from the top, you know, and, and Jewel's the number one on that show. And she really takes it seriously. She works her butt off. She's on her game uh, as an actor. And she's also just a kind person. She just cares about people. She wants people to come and have a great experience to be able to go home to their family and say, I had a great day today on the set of Family Law um, and I can't wait to get back. And Jewel sets that tone. You know, Victor and her as well, you know, um, PL on grade. I, I've had great experiences on the set and I know lots of other people have had too. You know, and she leaves a little, you know, something, just a little special touch for each person that comes on the set. And it, I think it's just a great thing. And uh, I hope that everyone in, you know, in Vancouver has an opportunity to work on Family Law and to be on a set where Jewel State is the lead. And also, um, she's just a great person. Just love her a bit. She's like the little sister I never had. And uh, I'm really, really happy for her. And so you know who that was. You you figured it out, I think. Yeah, in the that, that last part made me cry. Yeah. Oh my God, Paul, you jerk! <laughs> that was Paul McGillian, everyone, the best, uh, one of G- Jules' uh, dear friends. Um, you know, so I think what what I love about what Paul said, what I love about what you're talking about, is that you felt you know appreciated and you felt the kindness of your number ones when you were a kid and I mean Paul described it as innate but it also was like it was innate plus it was also you got to observe it as well Mm -hmm. you know in action Mm -hmm. and now like is that something like you that you are thinking about consciously as uh all the time yeah a hundred a hundred percent all the time um you know I will I will say (laughs) the the best number one I've I've ever worked with was Nathan Fillion yeah um he's also a really good friend and my confidant and has taught me so much about how to be a number one Hmm. and when I booked this show when I booked Family Law Nathan was one of the first people I told yeah and he said okay buddy you got a job to do Hmm. and Make sure that you never abuse it <laughs> and you leave people feeling, you know, loved and appreciated. I said, okay. He said, hit me up anytime you have any questions. So within two days, I had a list of questions. Yeah. I said, all right, <laughs> what do I do in this scenario? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, tell me, some of the, tell me some of the things you do and um, what you've noticed in your experience, what works and what doesn't. And he said, um, you know, one of the things that I find incredibly helpful is leaving a tiny something in the actor's trailer when they come to work. So when it's a person's first day, there's a lot of nerves, Hmm. um, a lot of anxiety. I know that firsthand. You never sleep the night before. Yeah. So if you leave a card welcoming them, maybe a little something else. Um, that says basically we appreciate you and thank you for being here a person lets their guard down and they can do their best work yeah and I'll tell you it is the best it's magic it takes very little time doesn't take a lot of time to do yeah but when you set the tone right away for someone's day and making them feel like they deserve to be there yeah that we're lucky to have them 
then man, watch what happens. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But you know, there's, there's a lot of times still where I ask Nathan, you know, I, I got this sort of situation going on on set. What would, how would you handle it? What would you do? And he has the most beautiful advice. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, it's, it's a full-time job. I didn't know that, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's not just uh, the dialogue that you have to learn and the eight pages of, of work that you're doing every day. It's um, the being gracious, yeah. no matter how tired you are. It's making time for people, no matter how tired you are. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's dealing with fires and dealing with other people's fires in a, a respectful way. Yeah. So my cast knows they can come to me. I will be the bad guy for you. I'll be the loudest voice. If something is wrong, if that gallery shoot is booked on the day that your family's supposed to fly in and what the heck you asked for that day off and I'm help me, help me, I will help you. Yeah. That's part of the gig. I am so grateful and so lucky, lucky man, lucky to have this particular show and work with these people, but I'm so grateful to be in the position I'm in hmm. and that's part of the job. Yeah. And that's something Nathan told me, like with, with the good fortune, with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. right? It's like you, you have to always have the energy for everybody else because it's your job to make sure everybody else is happy too. Gosh, it sounds like parenting. It's a lot like, listen, it's, it's <laughs> running a family, <laughs> work. Yeah. but it really, it really helps when you have a cast who's just awesome and rad and like yeah. these guys support me so much. They know when I'm burnt out, right? They can yeah. see it. And, the, and Victor too is very good at being like, okay, now listen, you are taking on a lot here and maybe it's time for you to not take on so much. And yeah. so it's nice to have people around me who can remind me of that and hold my hand and, and also take some of it on for me, right? Yeah. If there's a situation and I, I'm like, guys, I, I have like six pages in the courtroom today and I'm dying and my brain is fried. No problem. Got it. And, yeah. and they'll handle it. It's a, it's a, it's a group effort, man. But it, it really, you know, I, it's, it's a lot of responsibility and a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about the work I mean, we, we've talked a lot about how you feel about working, mm -hmm. um, but I want to talk about, like, about the roles and about the characters and the craft and, and joy. Like, let's start with joy. You know, where do you derive your joy? Where, what role does joy play in your work? Um, well, it's also circumstantial, right? It's like, if you have great writing and you have great actors to play off of and you have great producers who are making you feel welcome enough to be there um, you have all of these things working for you you can really relax into the work mm. and find the joy in it right because there are no other there are no outside forces coming into play to hinder you from doing your best work yeah right so it that plays a big part of it. When I have had those moments and I, I, I have had everything uh, going for me in, in terms of being able to let go and, and feel comfortable and having also a great director who's willing to, to give you really interesting weird ideas and hmm. places to go with that character, it's magic, man. It's like, I describe it as like a high. 
it's like being it's like a high yeah where you just go wow I am I am exactly where I want to be yeah and you're not like are you high you're not high all the time (laughs) no (laughs) you're not I mean there are some jobs where you go okay yeah all right kind of glad that one's over right I mean that's just that's just the name of the game they're not all these magic jobs like I probably I mean I can count them on one hand probably the jobs I've had that have been truly magical yeah but there are surprises in there sometimes I take a job on where I go "Eh, this isn't gonna be and and then it turns into something else where I walk away having learned a ton yeah you know I I am an absorber of information I'm like that in every aspect of my life I read a ton of books I am constantly programming information into my brain I love information yeah so when I am able to learn at this job I've been doing for 30 plus years learn something new oh man it's just the best it's the it's it's such a great feeling to know that you're still learning I love that yeah where it's like ooh, I have so much further to go (laughs) you know (laughs) it's exciting right yeah (laughs) yeah so where does where does Firefly fit in everything then you know Firefly was not your was I mean you've been working since you were six yeah Firefly was I think like uh I don't know like fifth or sixth series lead probably yes it was yeah and I was 19 I was I was you know a kid still yeah I was a kid um and and very much still learning um in every way every aspect of my life um but you know Fireflies will always be the one that got away Mm. Um, it, it was such a magical lightning in a bottle kind of show. Um, there was not a single person um, in the cast, in, in the writer's room, in, in production at the helm that I didn't love. Yeah. Um, and I still love those people very much. Yeah. They are like family to me. And we still have our little group chat, our little text thread that goes off. Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday I came across a meme of all of Alan Tudyk's roles in it. And, you know, the, the meme creator said, tell me someone who, else who has this kind of range. And I immediately sent it to the group chat. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan, you're a meme. So just if you people are listening, it. if you're making memes featuring <laughs> Cast of Firefly, Jules oh, going to put it, it on, the, on the group chat. We love it. Yeah. Did you know, though, at the time, did you recognize that you're on set because I mean obviously you are fil- you are filming it before it's airing um, and you also had this experience before you did you know how special and magical it was no 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 I mean it, it was definitely the big leagues like we yeah. were filming in a fancy studio and it was it was fancy pants for yeah. me for sure right I was like ooh this is different um, but no we we didn't know and and to be honest I mean, the the Firefly fan base, the brown coats know this so well, but we were the underdog and mm. we were um, not well loved by the studio. It was just a fact. Yeah. We had there were other shows that were much more important than than we were, and we were always in fear of being canceled. So no, of course not. We thought we were making this funny little unique show about a bunch of misfits, and we felt like misfits and. Um, and it would all be probably gone soon. So when hmm. we f- we did get canceled, it wasn't a shock. It was sad, um, yeah. but it wasn't a shock. But if anything, you know, we took the fact that we got to know each other and, and have this loving family um, and we'll always have it and went on our merry way. So when we got greenlit to do the movie a few years later, it was such a huge surprise to know that anyone cared hmm. um, and anyone had been watching it all. And then doing the convention circuit, 
seeing all of these people that were so connected to the show um, was a surprise and was a gratification that mm. I think all of us as struggling actors who just really wanted a hit show um, so appreciated and still do. So was it only once you were doing the conventions that you realized? Yes. You know, because in, in one hand, I mean, you describe it as the one that got away. And yet on the other hand, so many shows that run for a lot longer, like they must wish and dream about having the dedicated beloved fan base you know that firefly has right it's, it's pretty crazy and and i mean they're they're so supportive that i just i'm so grateful for it because every time i i have a new show or something coming out i know they'll watch yeah <laughs> and they'll spread the word for me you know it's like it's this weird camaraderie like we were all in this together yeah. and it was because of their support and getting these underground petitions sign and all this stuff that we got to make that movie and you know we we are still kind of all in it together and it, it's a, a very supportive fan base and a wonderful community to be a part of yeah can we talk about Kaylee for a, yeah. a moment I'll always talk um, about her you'll always talk about so her. you like her I very like much you, like what's not to like well I mean She's lovely and She's delightful sunshine. and brilliant, yeah. and and um, so can you tell me about like what what you enjoyed about her and specifically how and I don't even mean being on on Firefly, but how being Kaylee, being in in her overalls and in her engine room, you know how and in her life, you know how that that changed you and how you carry her with you. Um. Well, I'm. I mean, it was obviously a very fun role to play because yeah. she was just so sunny and wore her heart on her sleeve and said these crazy things out of the blue all the time which I loved um but um you know it it's funny in that the way it's it's carried on with me is that people that have seen the show expect me to be like Kaylee right Kaylee is a warm open person she will greet you with a big hug she is a very sunny and sweet kind of person and yeah I am rather shy I am I am quite introverted I'm good at pretending I'm not but I am yeah and and it takes me a while to warm up and to um, feel comfortable and so you know doing the convention circuit or even meeting people on the street or whatever that have, have that only know me as that yeah. as that person to come at me with their arms open wide. It's like whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Even, like it, like during a pandemic, it's awful. But like before the pandemic, that's like it's an invasion of yeah. It's just I'm just so different. I'm just so different yeah. from that. Um, so that's been kind of funny. And you know, I can I can point out a, a Firefly fan versus a Stargate fan in the crowd because of the way they treat me. <laughs> the way they come Interesting. They, they approach me. Okay, yes. so how are the Stargate fans? So so we're talking about because you did you played Keller yeah. on a Stargate Atlantis. It's um, just, it's different. It's a different kind of um, vibe. It's still lovely and great to be a part yeah. of that fan base but it's that it's just sort of the treatment right because like, keller's a different kind of character she's a different person yeah she's she's a you know she's she's kind of an introvert 
Yeah. And and uh, I loved her insecurity. Me which too. I, and I loved that she was honest about it uh, and to see her wrestle with it. Yes. You know? She's not a hero. Yeah. I mean, she is. She doesn't know that. Yeah. Um, and she's constantly struggling with that, with her fear, with her self-doubt, her insecurities, not belonging, mm. right? That That's sort of the theme of her throughout that you know throughout her journey on the show yeah um so she's just she's just a a different kind of person yeah um but yeah and you know like a show like la complex i played kind of a fierce you know crazy bitch on that show so like when people (laughs) approach me that know me from that show they they approach (laughs) me with trepidation right it's like hi (laughs) it's like a completely different thing it's pretty funny so and uh, (laughs) you know and i like yesterday i watched um your rewatch your two episodes of uh the order again another show canceled before it's time where you play twins you know both like bonkers you know uh when this like awesome like chain smoking uh magical weirdo i we we love dennis heaton we're getting him and rachel langer in here again to talk about their their friendship and how they support each other but then you also then you play this like totally like sadistic like psychopathic magical being and i'm like that's like those must have been fun you know uh that was uh total joy yeah I, I mean are you kidding <laughs> to be able to do something like that yeah. was delish it was so much fun and Leslie Hope was directing yes who I kind of worship um she was one of the ones when I talk about those jobs where you come away having learned so much that was one of them yeah uh Leslie taught me the art of being a villain um the mm. quietness of it um, the uh, the power in a languid movement, yeah. Um, uh, the power of a look, uh, the power of a prop. You know, she had mm. really quirky ideas that made me go, "Oh my god, ding ding ding!" That's that's what that's what it is. That's what's missing. So to try on all of that for size was so much fun yeah. for me, and it kind of made me go like could I play villains for the rest of my career and be perfectly happy? Yes, I think I could. <laughs> I love that it was one role, well, two roles on, on one show uh, that that did that yeah. for you. Um, so of all the characters that you've played then, like is, which one is most you? Um, well, I mean, some people would say Abby's a fair amount. Yeah. <laughs> like, like me. <laughs> I, don't know I love to, how you said it almost I like, like, <laughs> like... I don't want to make a laugh. I think only because, you know... She's uh, a, she's brilliant and she's broken and she's she funny. She's a broken, broken lady. Yeah. And she... Um, luckily, the, the producers in our wonderful show writer, Susan Nielsen... Susan Nielsen. Um, we put uh, respect just, on her name here. I, I'm obsessed with her. Um... Yeah, I'm basically forcing her to be my friend. So I just keep inviting her out to lunches and things. You and I are friends. Got it? <laughs> you will love me. Um, no, she she was great in that she kind of encouraged the humor. Um, and I was going there in the audition process. Yeah. Just because I thought it was funny. I thought a lot of the scenes that they gave me were heartbreaking but there was so much humor in them that I I any any time I get a little chance to play humor I will go for it yeah almost to 
my detriment. Like, yeah. <laughs> Andy Makita knows. Andy Makita's like, dial it back. I'm like, really? He's like, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was going for it. And then she, you know, I kept, I was getting the reaction of, you know, laughs and, and um, they, they were writing more of that, those comedic beats in. And so it just took off from there. So I, I was really able to insert a lot of, my humor in there which is really really fun and yeah. you know a lot of my dad's isms my dad was the funniest person I ever knew um so I was able to insert a lot of that in there and my friends who I've known mm. since childhood are like oh my god that was a bob face I yeah. saw your dad in that scene and that <laughs> made me laugh um but so yeah. you're you're a, a, a dispenser of dad jokes yeah, I mean, he wasn't really like a dad joke. He just had just a so really... he was funny and he had told jokes, but they weren't necessarily dad. No, jokes. they were wildly inappropriate. And okay. um, yeah, he was just very quite crass, but was was he was very warm too, and, yeah. and people kind of attached to that. He would use humor in a um, a difficult situation, and I think Abby does that a lot. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would say we certainly have a lot of similarities. <laughs> We're both fierce moms too. She stands up yeah. for her kids a lot, and sometimes I do that a little too much and get into trouble for it. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did you touch my kid? <laughs> <laughs> what is a what is a jewel state role? Uh, I don't know. Do I know that yet? Yeah. I don't know if I know that yet. I would say Abby's the closest I've ever come. Hmm. It's certainly the most joy I've ever felt. It's yeah. the most comfortable I've ever felt in a role. Maybe that's because of the people that are around me encouraging me to take risks. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think that's definitely, I, I've always loved doing a little bit of everything. You know, I'm a greedy actor. I like to do a lot of drama and a lot of humor in the same day. Yeah. Um, and I like to be challenged. And family law challenges me. It, it throws a lot at me on a day-to-day -day basis. I am, yeah. I am doing a goofy scene and I'm also crying in the same day and then I'm doing, you know, a courtroom speech that goes on and on um, to the point where I think the writers are just messing with me now. <laughs> <laughs> I think by, by the end of season two, I was like, guys, what is this monologue? Yeah. You're making me go insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. We'll see, right? I mean, it's like, I have so far to go. I have so much more to learn that I'm, yeah. I'm, that's why I love my job because yeah. I, I know that you'll never really reach the peak, I guess. I, I don't think you ever stop absorbing and learning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you started when you were, when you were itty bitty. Yeah. And what I love is that you've been talking the whole way along as if that it is a, it is a climb, it's a journey, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not about the destination. Um, but is that what you, like what, when you started in this industry, when you were a grown up and you were making your own decisions and, you know, uh, you know, maybe when, after your child actor phase, yeah. um, you know, what did you want at the beginning of your career and how is it different from what you want now? Um, well, I think I, 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 I've only ever wanted longevity, right? So mm. I just wanted a show that would go for more than a couple of seasons. <laughs> and like I had a pretty bad uh, record there, where I would land a big job and then it would get canceled. And 
Um, so all I ever really wanted was stability. Yeah. And and that is incredibly hard to come by in this business. It's it's like winning the lottery. Yeah. It is. And and you know once you get your foot in that door usually you can keep that momentum going right if you're a nice enough person to work with um (laughs) you can usually spiral that show onto another show and 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 so on and so on so that's all i've ever really wanted i just have wanted to work and and you know saying that i i don't mean i want to work constantly Hmm. because i don't and and especially at this time in my life being a mom I have learned that and I, I learned it the hard way um, where I was taking too much on and then feeling guilty about it and not balancing my life out correctly. Okay. Ooh. So like I, the, yeah. the, you know, I'm very clear in that I love to work and I love to work hard, but I like my breaks mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and I need it. I need it for my mental health. I need it for my family yeah. and I need it for balance. And, and so finding that balance is always going to be a work in progress. Yeah. But um, I think you just, if you're lucky enough to choose jobs, you choose the right jobs um, uh, at the right times. And then you also are not so afraid to say no to the things that aren't right for you. Oh, man. Do you ever, I don't know if you do this, but I have to practice saying no. 100%. And like how I'm going to say no and prepare myself for like, okay, if they ask that, I have to say no. Because it's hard, especially the people pleaser part of me. It is. You know, don't want to, don't want to say no. Yes, it's, it's very difficult. And uh, and I still have anxiety about saying no, especially to jobs. Yeah. Um, You know, if there's an audition that comes down the pipe and I, if, circumstantially or whatever it is I don't feel like it's the right fit for me yeah um I know logically it's okay for me to say no thank you yeah but (laughs) you know I still have that fear of what if I never work again um that comes up yeah and um you know I, I my agent is so wonderful and supportive and amazing she's also a mom um Vicky at at play uh and oh, she okay. yeah she's just She's incredible, and and she has been so great at supporting me in those no's, saying yeah. no. I agree. I agree. That's not the right one. Okay, let's let's yeah. move on. You know, and that's that's nice to have. Nice to have someone on your team that that takes some yeah. of the, the guilt away. Yeah, and I would even go as far as to say that if you're listening to this and you want to be a good friend to somebody, help them practice saying no. Mm-hmm. It's not just about people in the industry, right? Like it's- No, it's, it's a life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's wonderful a, life skill. Yeah. It's about self-care and maybe even about self-love. Exactly. Whoa, whoa. making full connections circle. all over the it's place. Well, hope not, because I got some more questions. I'm not ready to close the circle <laughs> just yet. Um, I do want to play favorite things with you. Oh, okay. Um, it's not really a game. <laughs> just okay. ask you what your favorite thing is of a thing, okay. and you say okay. it. But before we do, I, I just I want to. I have one more question about Firefly because it is such a, it, it's it's such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think about where I was in 2002, mm-hmm. and I can't. I, I don't even remember a lot about what I looked like or myself or what my voice sounded like, what my circumstances were like. And and yet you, like I, I see that Firefly is so huge and f- people still love it so much. Like I, I can imagine that sometimes it would be 
it's like I'm not that anymore, or mm-hmm. I don't talk about that anymore, or I know, and I know, like I mean, we've seen that even in films, you know, that are about fandom or films that are that it's like I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm not that person, you know. Like, is there is there anything with Firefly that you are either done talking about? Like, is there anything about it that it's that um, it's challenging about being part of something, you yeah. know, that's so pop- popular and that you are 20 years removed from. You know, despite the group text, you know, you still have your, you <laughs> got your people. You still got your group text. <laughs> no, but is, is, there, is there anything that you are either done talking about or? I think, you know, the only thing most of us in the group get sick of is being asked about a season two. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> kills me that I'm still asked that in, in complete earnestness. You know, when people ask, it's like, so will there be will there be a season two? And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like it's been 20 years. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, I get asked that at the border by customs agents, no. more than once. Yes, uh, um, and and I listen. I I there are lots of shows I love too, and I get it. Like I wish they would come back, but you know, for me, it's kind of like at this point, I just I don't know how that would ever be possible. Yeah never say never stranger things have happened in this business for certain yeah but i think at this point it would be more of a reboot scenario rather Mm -hmm. than having us uh you know the og crew come back but i mean what do i know but yeah that's that's one of the questions that i get asked fairly often or there'll be a rumor that circulates on the internet and then i'm asked all over again yeah and it's like who started the rumor like really guys but um (laughs) I, I get it. They just don't want it to go anywhere, and I understand yeah. that part of it. So but just try to be, you know, gracious in my answer of, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not You're up very to me. gracious. You're I, very gracious. I try. I yeah. try. <laughs> that is, I would have to practice yeah. uh, being, being gracious. <laughs> um, all right. That concludes the Firefly portion of the, of the interview. Um, Although I reserve the right to go back and ask more. Okay, so this is favorite things. Okay. This is where I ask you what your favorite things are of a thing, and Ooh, then you okay. you tell me what they are. I like um, that. My actually, this was developed by my well, first she was nine, then ten, then eleven, because yeah. uh, I've been doing the podcast for two years now, um, or two hundred episodes, uh, however you measure time. But she like she really feels um, that this is a good window into who somebody is cool. in their soul. So let's let's peer into your soul, Jewel Please State. Do. All right. Favorite trash television show. Oh, don't nobody judge me, but it's The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. I'm, I'm really <laughs> oh, sorry. all of them. Listen, we <laughs> watch them all, and I'm gonna yeah. out my husband here because Charlie sits and watches them with me. Wow. So, so if I have to go down, he's going down with me. It's okay. Um, I was going to say no judgment here, but it's totally about judging. That's why I ask people what their favorite things are of a thing. It's like McDonald's. It's like sometimes you just need to eat McDonald's. Okay, so it's like that. I don't think you should feel (laughs) guilty about it, but, you know, we are. What what do you like? Can you you express what it is you like about The Bachelor? We laugh and yell at the TV and, and, um, you know, just love it. And I think... Now that we know the whole bachelor world and all the people in it, um, we know when they bring back somebody from seasons ago and get excited. So, and every year we go, oh, we're not going to watch this year. <laughs> I mean, that, that's who they pick. Oh, forget it. And then what are we doing on a Monday night? We are watching that godforsaken show. Yeah. 
I, I love that you kind of hate yourself for, I hate myself for completely, watching it. But, like, yeah. you know, I fold the laundry and we drink wine and we watch the show on Monday. Self-care and, Monday. honestly, Jewel, own it. Self-love, okay? It this is part of it. It makes me feel good, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take that away from you. Okay. Favorite activity to do in your trailer? My favorite activity to do is to lie down and read a book. Do I do that very often in my trailer? Probably not. Oh, okay. I, I feel guilty about, about being idle. So I sometimes get ahead and memorize stuff coming up, or I do a workout, which I know is like, why am I doing that to myself? But I have to find time for it somewhere in the day. Yeah. Um, but to lie on the couch and read a book is like heaven. Okay, so what's on your what's on your reading list or your your nightstand or like what what are the have, genres um, that you're into? I I mean I read everything, anything and everything, and I love love uh, book recommendations. I read fantasy, I read mysteries, I read um, a lot of self help. Um, Shafali Sabari is on my mm. nightstand right now, um, so I'm getting through that one. Um, yeah, I just I always have a book on me. Yeah, always. Have your have your reading habits or what you like to read have they changed during the pandemic? Oh no, no. Yeah. I mean, no. If anything, my book buying has accelerated at a terrifying yeah. uh, speed. I can't stop. <laughs> I think we books. should ever feel guilty about buying books. But it's absurd. Like yeah. it's 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 outrageous. <laughs> like I can't help it. And now I just have stacks. And then they look at me wanting to be read. So I look at they it call as like out a, to you? yeah as a job where I'm like I gotta get to that book so I gotta finish this one I actually do have some book recommendations for you great I'm reading um, (laughs) Brene Brown's latest uh, okay the Atlas of the Heart Um, it's really great very interesting she's always so damn good oh yeah yeah Um, I've been reading a book called um, I think it's called Hell is a very small place, mm-hmm. and it's essays about solitary confinement. Oh, interesting! Which is something that I normally, and it was on, on Obama's reading list yeah. from a few years ago. And yeah. I'm like, I want to read what Obama's reading. Yeah, I, I um, do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, it's it's not the kind of thing I would have read before the pandemic. But during the pandemic, I'm I like to read about. I like to learn about people's experiences and lives that I I don't know anything about. Sure. And it's really reinforced to me that idea that we are relational. There are people who have been in solitary confinement for 30, 40 Can you years. Imagine? Can you I, 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 I can't. I, I no. have, and you know, and it's, I mean, it's torture. Um, I'll pull. I'll put a link to that book. So you know. Okay. Uh, so it's in the footnotes for this episode. But it's been. Um, it, it's been uh, just very, I don't know, it's, it's just a, a good reminder that mm-hmm. we need people, we need interaction, that mm-hmm. it is a human right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, a couple more questions, uh, and, and then I'm going to let you out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite tea from Tea Runners? Oh, um, I, I like our black teas. I would say my favorite right now is um, the Earl Grey Cream. Mm. It's so good, and it yeah. tastes like a dessert because there's vanilla in it, and it makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, but we have beautiful breakfast tea collection. Irish breakfast is nice and strong, and Valentine's breakfast. Oh, Valentine's breakfast is good too. It's really yeah, good. I like that one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's good. It's yeah. Nice and spicy. Yeah. Um. Are, so, like, because I mean, you are known for you. <laughs> you are known, renowned around the world for the fact that you love tea and you have a business called Tea Runners. Mm-hmm. That's all about tea. Um, 
do you have rituals around your tea? Are or are you like I? You just drink it like coffee, or I do. Yeah, I mean, my tea runners was my husband's brainchild. That's his other baby. That's yeah, that's how I put it. Um, he works very hard and runs the entire thing by himself. Wow, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but he's great at it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we have so much tea in our house. It's absurd. It's you know, boxes you have all these spilling <laughs> over onto tea. piles of books. Yeah. It's just books and, books and tea. tea. That's, that's my house. <laughs> it's a library. Yes, um, and a child <laughs> spouting one-liners. Um, but yeah, I I um, I feel like there's a tea for every time of day. So I I mean, it's hard to pick. But I I drink a lot of uh, caffeine. I like a caffeinated beverage. Yeah. Usually pretty tired. Um, so yeah, I like a nice strong black tea. All right. Yeah. Two more questions. Favorite karaoke song. <laughs> I was just doing some karaoke uh, with uh, Mr. Zach's Maydew. Family long. Really? Yes, Zach and I are huge karaoke fans. Um, I miss karaoke. It's the best. Yeah. I I like um, the uh, Disney repertoire. I'm huh. yeah yeah part uh, of your world. Yes, Disney princesses. Yeah. That's my jam. And um, <laughs> it depends on how much wine I've had. But so um, would you attempt Let It Go then? That one's hard. Yeah, because that one requires a, a lot of wine. That, like a ton. <laughs> like, like a lot of Like lot a, of a whole box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like Whitney Houston. Uh, <laughs> it's another one that requires yeah. a lot of wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I like some karaoke. Yeah. So, All right. Mm -hmm. Last question for favorite things. Favorite Vancouver shot series, past or present, that you haven't appeared in? Let me think. That's a stumper. Yeah, I've stumped you. I've stumped you. I think you have. Well, I think I'm, I've I'm made you cry because like, you cried when done? Paul was talking, and now I've stumped you. Yeah, you did. Well, yeah. Paul, Paul's he's my like my brother. Yeah, I mean he is. I love I love him so so dearly. He was one of the. I think he was the first my first call um, when I booked Family Law. I called Paul because I was going to wait to tell my husband in person. Yeah, like I called Paul in the car. I remember. So and Paul, then Nathan, then your husband? Yeah. I is know. that the order? What does that say about yeah. me? <laughs> but I just want, I wanted to tell Charlie in person. Yeah. I wanted to see his face. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I've got to think of all the shows that are shot here. What's, what's, what's been shooting? I mean, cause, I mean, the fact is a lot of the shows that people say that they, that they, that are their favorite Vancouver shot series past or present that they haven't appeared in, you've done. I mean, you've done. Like, Supernatural <laughs> comes up, and yeah. I'm always like, you haven't done Supernatural. It was on for 15 years. Yeah. Motive comes up. Da yeah, Vinci's comes one. up. Yeah, I did that one. Yeah. X-Files, I did that one, although I really loved X-Files. Um, I don't know. I'm going to walk out of here, and on my drive home, I'm going to go, oh, my God, that that's the show. That was the one. Yeah, that I know was I will. Because I know there's one. I yeah. Know. Hi, it's Sabrina from the future. So an hour after we finished our interview, Jewel sent me the following message. Firefly Lane, that's my answer. Of course. I can't believe I forgot. I love that show. Well, I for one would love to see Jewel State on Firefly Lane. Let's manifest this, people. Now, back to the show. Let's end with, um, with what the fuck. Okay. WTF. Okay. Do you have what the fuck? This is actually my life moments in your in your work. You know, so when do those happen? And I, I 
tried to be like, to embody an actor by saying what the fuck and not what the fuck you know <laughs> like it's like wow instead of well um i would say comic con uh panels comic con q and a's mm. are definitely what the fuck moments yeah. and it will never not be it's the w- it's the weirdest thing and the <laughs> wildest thing to have people there sitting you know waiting to hear what you have to say it's yeah. it's it's an absolute trip and i love it so much and i find it so much fun yeah but yeah it's definitely a whoa this is like out of body this is so weird yeah, yeah. man i haven't been at comic con i would love to i would love i would love if hey if, you, if you're part of a show that's going down and doing Comic-Con, Absolutely. you know, I will come and cover it. Like, let me, let me document it. It's I mean, for the time. shopping alone. I mean, you've looked around this room. I've got, yes. got my nerd stuff, right? You would, you would you know? go nuts. <laughs> you would go nuts there. Yeah. It's so fun. Uh, I miss it. I do. It's been a delight to sit across from you today. Thanks, And likewise. talk with you. Jewel State. Where can people find you, follow you, celebrate you on all the socials? I mean, we're talking Twitter, think, we're talking IG. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's just my name. Yeah. Yeah. Just at Jewel State. That's yeah. me. Yeah. State with an I. With an I. Um, <laughs> are, have you considered TikTok at all? Okay, I don't know enough about it. And I'm almost embarrassed that I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough about TikTok and crypto and then those little green <laughs> boxes that people are posting. <laughs> And, and I'm starting to feel really old and I don't like it, you know, and it's like, I need to learn. I need, I need to learn about these things so I'm not left behind. Yeah, Wordle, I feel like, it, and it's almost like it's easy to, it's like you can get left behind so quickly. Like it's only yeah. been a couple weeks of Wordle and I'm like, I, I don't know what this is. It's, just, it's too late for me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but TikTok, I mean. I think you'd be great though. That's, yeah. that's like little videos. Now my daughter okay. has told me that I'm not allowed. I'm like, I want to do TikTok and like, you know, she's 11. So she's like, you're just so thoroughly uncool. This is no, no, <laughs> no. But I like. Your kids never think you're cool though. Yeah. I mean, my kid, you know, he's, yeah, he's six and he already doesn't think I'm cool. Yeah, actually, um, I could see him thinking that because I yeah. know him only through how you present him on he's Twitter. A little, yeah, a I imagine him chomping a cigar and wearing pants. a little suit, you know, like Boss know. Baby. And he like he doesn't mean to be funny. Like yeah. all the things he says, he's not he's not saying it to be funny. He's yeah. just being truthful, and it's hilarious because you know it's just coming from such an earnest place. Like, just to give people an example, like you tweeted you tweeted this morning that like oh your your dinner At times. Dinner last night. Yeah, what did he say last night? He goes, "Well, we're." And this is a six-year-old. He's six. We're sitting down for dinner, and and I go, how was school today? And he goes, Mom, who do you love more, me or Dad? (laughs) Just like, Charlie and I just looked at each other like, really? Like, can't you just eat your food? I have to ask questions like this. This is so weird. (laughs) So, yeah, so he doesn't want you on TikTok, but I think you'd be fantastic. Okay, maybe I should look into it. I don't know. Yeah, my, yeah. If uh, you know, I've got a lull right now. Yeah, maybe I'll use my lull to investigate what TikTok is. But I'm gonna have to do some investigating because I'm starting from square one. Yeah, I mean, really. I think you should you should do it, and with some of your Firefly group chat people, like Sean Allen, you know. Yeah, they'd be. You're like, no. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 
I'm going to look into it. Look look into it. Okay. I think he'd be fantastic. Um, We haven't said, <laughs> but if people want to watch Family Law, they can watch it on the global app and on the global site. Um, that's in Canada. I don't know about mm-hmm. the rest of the world. I know America is like hungry and desperate for we are getting, Family Law. We are getting there. Yes. I will say that. We okay. are getting there, and it's going to be very exciting, and it, it'll, I think, happen pretty soon. So yeah. I'm really excited Yay. about it. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Come back, okay? I will. Yeah. Absolutely. It'll be really great. Come back with Paul. That would be great. Yeah. We actually are starting a new series on the podcast where we we bring, I mean, that's what I mentioned feels like hours ago now but Dennis Heaton and Rachel Langer they're yeah. gonna come and it's about it it's about like That's industry great. BFFs you know and you talk about like how you support each other yeah. and you know and like just to talk about craft and that'd be great fandom. I'd love to do and, that okay okay so Polly, get in touch he'll do it we'll make this up. of course he will yeah of course he will. He I'll, said, I'll he take sent him for me that lunch audio love it. Well, I'll go for lunch. There's restaurants <laughs> right. across the street. I want to be there too. Paul loves lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get him to do stuff. I'll take you for I mean, lunch. I will say, I see him, and I've said this on the podcast before, I see him and Tom Cavanaugh at like various coffee shops right around, around this neighborhood. They're just yes. sitting outside, like, no, but I mean, like, constantly. Yeah. Like, it, it's all different places around here, and they're yeah. just talking and drinking coffee. And I'm like, I. Yeah. I love that. Like I That's Paul's jam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he'll come to the podcast. I'm gonna let you go. And I'm gonna let the fans go soon. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. This conversation was great, wasn't it? That dessert deserves five stars, no less. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene or and I, I've been told I need to say this more, also at Sabrina Arf. That's my personal one that's where that's where the magic happens uh the ybr screen scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself sabrina ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by simon Furminger, simon peter Furminger. special thanks to mariana daria Furminger for recording our patreon ad to paul jason Furminger for technical support and to dane i don't know your middle name dane but it's not Furminger. devil a for the original music ybr screen scene is a division of fish flight entertainment Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com. <laughs>